2: Sing number five as always the the main star the lead star vocalist folk singer extraordinaire tyler smilo and uh today on, on the intro track yes. <laughs> yes. yes, yeah yeah that's right and today we got our spe- a special guest here with us uh kendrick tate who recently ran Hello. for city council kendrick it's a pleasure to have you here with us in the studio today and uh Pleasure you know, to be here. Yeah, we're just really excited to have you. I'm sure you have a lot of interesting stuff that uh, we can learn about and hear about today. Um, are you originally from Erie?
1: Yep. Yeah. I've been here for, since I was three years old. Yeah. Cool. So, homegrown. Where at, Try, where at before that? Oh, I was born in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Oh, nice. And I'd stayed there for about, like, three years when I was young, before I'd even gotten to school or anything. Mm-hmm. Um. My dad was working as a service technician for IBM, so he traveled a lot. And I just happened to get bored down in Lexington. <laughs> cool, cool.
2: Right, so have you seen, like, getting into pol- the politics and your run for council, um, has that something been something that you've wanted to uh, do for a long time in Erie, like seeing problems around here and being like, you know what, I can fucking do something about that?
1: You know, um, it's not like it's something that just, like, was constantly on my mind because like as a young adult like growing up and seeing all my friends like graduate and go to different cities and all this stuff um you know like my idea wasn't like yeah I'm gonna stay here and fix everything right you know like I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw myself into this like this social function and just make things happen um I was just kind of ready to split off like everybody else did and um you know do the best i can somewhere else right um so you left erie for a little bit after graduating high school yeah after graduating high school i went to school at penn state okay um, main campus sure and i went to Barron, so we are dude we We are (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and i'd been there i was there for about like three years um and i came back to erie afterwards um for personal things and you know, I just stuck around um, just because growing up, you don't see exactly what your city is, um, what what the people are all about, like how we actually operate and everything. So, I wanted to make sure, like when I got back here, um, you know, I wanted to get a feel for like what is actually available for me, like what I can do in this city, what anybody like who's motivated can do to succeed here. Because all this time, as I was growing up, I was hearing like. Dreary, eerie mistake yeah. on the lake. Eerie all sucks. This. Eerie sucks. Can't wait Nothing to leave. To do. Yeah, can't wait to leave. Yeah, and as people get older and you know travel and live their lives or whatever, people see Erie as like a place to come back to, and they're really connected to this place. And like I. Kind of wanted to understand like how do people feel disconnected as like people who have all this experience um, all these um, things that have happened to them in their lives and come back to a place that everybody says that they hate being in right <laughs> um so I think that's kind of what motivated me to stay mm-hmm. in the city and like understand the city but the thing that actually motivated me to run was when I was, like, some years after college. Um, I was in a backyard fire with a few of my friends. Sure. And I told them, like, you know, if I'm stuck in Erie um, by the time I turn 27, then I'm just going to run for public office. Because that means, like, there's there's nothing that's going to happen here. Right. <laughs> and, like, got to be like... that. I'm always focused on, like, what's going wrong in, like, politics and the way that people interact and, like, make decisions, like, progress that, like, if we're still stuck here and I feel like I'm stuck when I shouldn't, mm-hmm. I'm just going to try and... F- just going to do something Yeah, I'm just going to do something about it.
0: I-, I always thought it was... Well, I mean, it is really strange, and I've been sucked up in this cycle, too. Like, everybody's so obsessed with, like, the national, the presidency, um... All these different things. We cut that air. I thought we did. I'm cut that air conditioning. Anyway, everybody gets so obsessed about like that main stage, the CNN, Fox. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't think the day-to-day changes that much in these towns from who's president. Right. Like me personally, you know, when I walk out the door of the house in Erie, I, I feel practically zero effects from Trump. Mm-hmm. You know the worst president in the devil to like the savior, whatever is happening, all this like crazy amplified hype. Mm-hmm. My life doesn't ever seem to change. Now, there's things that somebody in city council or people could do. You know, we're gonna work on this neighborhood, we're gonna work on the bayfront, we're gonna work stuff that could happen within the city mm-hmm. that could actually change our lives, but it doesn't seem like people are nearly as invested. And who's running on a local level right?
1: Do you, do you sense that? I definitely do and I feel like that's something that has been like generally understood by people in the city for a really long time um, people kind of recognize Erie for the people that are in like political circles they recognize Erie as like a swing county for Pennsylvania which means that like they always vote for um, they, they always have a very strong influence on what the predictions are for the next president. Right. A Um, lot of
2: money coming in like on a national level mm -hmm. too for like bigger campaigns like the Biden campaign or Sanders or whoever it is that you're looking to support out there. I feel like we always have offices and people Mm -hmm. knocking on doors and whatnot.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they certainly do. But the, the idea that politics is like so entrenched in people's lives, um, it should be known, like, it should be well understood that, like, the constant barrage of national attention, like, the ideas that this city, this county, this area in particular is, like, very influential, um, it should carry all the way through to what you consider to be, like, most effective in your daily life. Like, the person who comes to fix potholes on your street or the people who you know designate like zoning for like certain houses in area, different areas Things of the that city would directly affect you like in something a city. yeah something that's going to affect you in your neighborhood um you should recognize that we have that same kind of influence um, not just in circles that you're not a part of but in circles that you can like willingly and as like voluntarily be a part of part of
2: absolutely and i feel like it's really hard at least like because we thought about this we kicked around the idea of doing a whole show about the upcoming local elections and uh Me and Tyler both spent like a significant amount of time trying to research the different candidates that were for council and for sheriff and all this stuff. And there really wasn't a whole heck of a lot of information that either of us could find about a lot of the candidates, which makes it kind of difficult and frustrating for anybody who's trying to like make an informed decision about what's really going to Impact them. who is going to help them at this local level where we can actually like see and feel that change in our community. Mm -hmm. And it's a huge bummer. I think that it should probably get a lot more attention than it is, especially in our area and probably a lot of other areas too.
1: Yeah. I think it's pitiful um, that we don't have that kind of understanding um, and the government doesn't create that kind of connection um, to share information, to let people know that the people who we are – coming out to um, put our faith into and who we decide as a community, as a group, like who will be representing us, that we don't have constant and reliable information about um, who these people are, um, it seems who, who their supporters are, who their networks are, period.
0: Seems people, I'm assuming most people go in there and they're like, you know, I don't know who this guy is. I don't really give a shit. He's a Democrat or he's a Republican. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to go, I'm going all blue or I'm going all red. Yeah. Um. And maybe it just seems like that to me. I mean, but I definitely
2: have felt that way at the building booth, especially like this last time after trying to do research and being like, not still not really convinced about any of the, any particular, I mean, there were a few candidates that had some stuff out there, but a lot of them I was like, I don't even know who this person is or
0: what yeah. their policies are or what their standards are. Does local news, I mean, I don't watch a lot in like, uh, television news mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely don't watch a lot of like cnn or or fox or any of that but like does the local news cover any of this at all really
1: so uh jet 24 fox 66 your eerie.com uh they actually kind of build themselves as the election headquarters so they always try to do um it's ex- like very accurate updated updated and um well verified information um during elections and after elections and they're the only news organization actually also the eerie reader does they do some profiles on certain candidates right.
2: that's where i saw a lot of stuff that i actually did find was from eerie reader mm-hmm. and some of the other stuff that i found had like a, a pay gap. You know what I mean? I had to subscribe right. to be able to read the whole article or read more than just the headlines. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I feel like that kind of information can be kind of disappointing um, for me because I'm not into sound bites and you know things. I would rather have like a conversation with somebody and actually be able to talk to them and get their perspective on things. Because mm-hmm. a lot of these issues are so nuanced and so intricate that I feel like it really needs more than a, a couple of lines in an article or a, a paragraph on a website you know what I mean right
1: yeah and I think the most like the the best thing for me during that cycle and um, being able to get the information out to people um, is that we as in the slate that I ran with mm-hmm. myself Jasmine Flores and Elspeth Cayley Running Theory County United, we were able to have that kind of um, dialogue on another um, podcast, I think. It was uh, the Social Distancing Variety Hour. Okay. Yeah. Um, With Adam Holquist. Yeah, with Adam Holquist. Yeah, Yeah. we did a Zoom thing. Um, And it was, you know, it was empowering, I guess, to, you know, like have that kind of connection and like be able to communicate in that kind of way um as opposed to you know trying to write a an autobiography like a quick little Far snippet of board. who i am yeah. like responding to a certain topic and not really ever conversing with people to like get to certain like topics that you don't just kind of bring out in the beginning of your conversation or like things that you learn about each other as you actually dialogue with each other you know giving people like an inside look
0: you know your mannerisms who you are what do you like to talk about your response to certain things
1: Mm -hmm. you know people value that like people will always value that that's that's how we understand each other
0: i think that's why podcasts are getting so greatly popular because we're sick of that 30 second and then try to sell us toothpaste mm-hmm. and it's all bullshit and oh let's run that again you know let's try to make it so you know you're more caring right. so say it like this and, sure. I've,
2: and I've been working on what I'm going to say for the past three days you know five six hours a day just so I have the perfect caricature of what I'm trying to portray
1: here mm-hmm. I think instead it's just, of something that's real and authentic yeah
0: you can just see right to the bullshit you know
1: yeah it's it's almost laughable I think of people like Mike Kelly yeah <laughs> <laughs> who's running not, for... he does not visit this this county for a thing uh besides to make an appearance for media you know it's like people see directly through that that's why this entire county voted for Christy Gnabis um instead of him mm-hmm. because like that's it's well known that like this is just a face that you're putting on it's a facade um you're not actually in tune with the community or you're not in tune with who you represent right
2: i think kelly actually knocked on my door around that personally yeah like her herself Mm -hmm. like knocked on my front door and i was really bummed out afterwards i didn't like seize that moment because i would have loved to like talk to her and stuff and i was just like oh no actually i'm already voting for you so this is great you know keep doing what you're doing instead of like you know if i would have had like five minutes to like wrap my thoughts around. So just like a random knock on the door, I could have, I feel like I could have really enjoyed speaking with her and talking with her for a little bit mm-hmm. rather than just being, um, having these quick, um, conversations that we have with all sorts of people all the time, you know, like, hi, how you doing? Good, good. But you know, back on your way. Yeah. And, uh, there's a lot more to being like a human than, and interacting with each other than,
1: than just these high by how you doing good. And especially with politicians, because, like, the whole name of the game is just, like, reaching out to as many people as you can um, to get them to support you. So you have to find a balance between, like, the way that you communicate with um, huge groups of people or um, people for a short amount of time, longer, like, having the opportunity to do things like this, like, we, there's a you have to you have to work yourself into different um, modes of communication with each other right so that we're just like
2: trying to find the right thing for the right situation right and not because a lot of times people just want that high buy you know what I mean they got mm-hmm. shit to do they and frankly they're being interrupted and they got other stuff on their mind other plans and uh, versus like a sit down conversation or like out in the public with other
1: people that are actually trying to get to know you mm-hmm yeah, I mean, there's there's so many things about this uh campaign experience that like it's it's interesting to reflect on um cuz the way that we could reach out to people is really just limited by like what we what we're doing ourselves um, and that's kind of um that's kind of illustrated by the people who end up voting for you but um, the, the ways we can reach out to each other and I think that's um, it's key for us to like adapt and create different ways and like follow the ideas of you know someone like Tyler or someone like Adam um, not just mainstream media um, soundbite kind of conversation but like realizing like how broad and how different these uh conversations are going to be and you know being present as many as you can not just trying to like build this profile for you but like so people can come to their own conclusions about who you are
2: right and uh it's so easy to i feel like it would be so easy just to fall into those trip like things too especially like on a bigger platform for politics like I feel like there's so many times where a good candidate can be easily influenced by what they're supposed to be or their image or their representative of themselves that they're sending out to the people compared to who they actually are, who they actually are trying to be. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people are beholden to these uh, corporate sponsors, so to speak, or um, you know, campaign managers, PACs, all that stuff. Um, And I feel like that message really gets misconstrued. Politics feels like a game that I would re- like I would like to see more people that I can actually tell are passionate about it and want to do good things than people that are just, you know the face of uh, something much larger and so- something much broader. That was
0: exactly why Bernie Sanders, for me was like the first guy that I ever saw um, at that level of politics. yeah, where I trusted. I-, I was like, I don't know, he just seems awfully consistent. I feel like what what you get is what you get with him and I feel like that's why they got him the fuck, you know.
1: Yeah. They
0: they were like this guy. Like they couldn't believe how popular he was getting and like you're telling me this shit like being authentic works and then they did everything they could to get him out of there. Mm-hmm. But I love that dude. And it was it was be, and I don't I remember donating to his campaign which I would never do cuz right. I've been like anti-politics for so long. But like I was like dude, I can tell that he's fucking genuine. And then he went on like podcasts and he'd had our conversations. And he said, everybody thinks I'm trying to take everybody's money. And I'm trying to, you know, give it. He's like, here's actually what I'm trying to do and how I would do it. And it was like, wow, this dude was willing to break everything down that he was talking about doing and I, going the detail with it. I see that like so often too on the big mainstream level, like,
2: oh we're gonna we're gonna fix this and it'll say it on their website. It'll have There's like, no detail. But there's like, yeah, no idea of how things are actually going to transpire to accomplish these goals. Like, yeah, you have these great, amazing, lofty goals, but no um, insight it for people to actually that are actually interested and willing to put the time in and the research in to actually understand
0: how you're going to go about doing that. Mm-hmm. So speaking speaking on goals, what what are some of the things that you um, and your team want to accomplish w- with this campaign and election and then hopefully if you win?
1: Well, running with um, Jasmine, she's been a really good um, resource. For me to understand like um, just how different like the community really is and like how many different um, experiences and identities are making up this city. It's not just what's been going on for decades. Um, It's all the the little cultural um, spots in this city that are, um, you know, intermingling to create what's like actually foundational to this city. Um, the heartbeat. It is. It really is. Um, and I think that the most important goal that we want to, um, we want to reach, you know, as a, as a group is for this city to recognize like how important it is that these cultures are um present visible and respected um
0: and part of the conversation
1: and yes part of the conversation not just having a seat at the table but you're coming to our table Mm -hmm. and um,
2: we're gonna break bread together and eat yeah not just there to look or listen
1: right and We've all had different ways that we wanted to focus on that. Like myself, I wanted to make sure that we have a um, proper um, communication uh, information stream of our government like policies and um, our developments on city council, on all of our elected um, all of our elected positions. Mm-hmm. Um, like have reports so that our community understands like what's going on in our city, and they can participate and at least at the very least understand where we are. Um, Elspeth wanted to focus on making sure that housing um, tenants have protections in um, in any you know um, inspection disputes, any landlord disputes that they had um, protections and especially with the inspections um, because of how lax the building inspectors union has been. Um, Jasmine wants to work on creating attendance union. So like actually organizing people so that they have um, the resources um, and the networks with yeah. each other. So they can um, pass along information, uh, strategize, um, and at the, at the most hopefully have legal representation so that they're not just following the whims of landlords who send them, you know, um, whatever they do in the mail, whatever right. they want to in the mail.
2: It seems like it can be a very predatory system at time, and that sounds like something that I would... You know, support personally because I, and it's just hard. It's just giving to me that sounds a lot like giving the power back to the people. You know what I mean? And I'm really like pro unions and having people, you know, realize that they have a lot more power if we join if they join together or we join together um, compared to one person fighting somebody with a a lot more re, like usually a lot more resources mm-hmm. at their disposal to uh, you know kind of work that
1: system. Yeah there's so much power in people. Right. There is, as long as, uh, they work together, and understand their common goals. There's, there's a very recognizable force of power in us. And I mean, that's, that's how this country really came to be. Like people recognize their power when they came together, no matter whether it's a uh, slave rebellion or, uh, Colony Rebellion.
2: Colony Rebellion, workers' rights movement, the women's suffrage movement, all of these movements were not done alone. You know, they were all a large group of people banding together to say, hey, this isn't right, and this is something that we need to change. Mm -hmm. And I can definitely appreciate that a lot. Um, Housing market's fucking crazy
1: right now, too. Dude, I'm trying to move out of my mom's apartment, and what... What am I what am I paying like what right. this is
2: ridiculous especially right now and it, it's it's and I don't know how it's going to shake out either it's real it's it's gonna be an interesting to play to see how this goes because part of me is like oh this is gonna be burst this is gonna be like 2008 the you know housing markets gonna crash A bunch of people are gonna but like the thing is, is that I don't see people defaulting on their loans like they did in 2008 mm. it's just It seems like a bubble that's just going to continue to rise to me until either people start realizing that um, there's a large supply of housing in Erie. Like there's a lot, I feel like people are going to, and this, this is like my ideal situation is people start moving into the lower income neighborhoods because we, you can buy a pretty nice house Mm -hmm. in, in a not so great neighborhood for a lot less than you would buying a house in a better neighborhood and get three times as much house. And then um, hopefully like that would not only like raise the, the uh, property value, like property taxes and stuff. So you have more money going to the schools and kind of rebuild. That would be like my ideal dream situation. But I don't think that I think it's going to shake out probably a different way th- than what it is
1: than that. You know, I, I, I really couldn't say, but um, I know that the people in this city are not prepared for that kind of um, influx of wealth um, because they don't have the uh, resources or support financial support to like manage that Um, and if it's just going to keep continuing then there's a lot that our city has to do to um, you know work with the county Mm -hmm. and um, with the federal government, honestly, to, um, protect the people who live here, um, from, from being, you know, squeezed out. Right. And from the predators that are trying to raise up
2: the prices and charge people ridiculous amounts for rent and all that stuff that's going on right now. I mean, houses down the road are selling for double what they used to sell for Mm -hmm. when I bought mine. And I feel like that's crazy.
1: Yeah. And, the sad thing about that is that people don't feel like the government should have that kind of power. But when you start to recognize that the government was built by us and we created it as a way to service our people, then it's kind of it's it's vicious and ignorant to assume that we're not supposed to utilize this. System that we built to protect our people,
2: because mm-hmm. a lot of people, I feel like a lot of conservative or Republican people, would be like, at least like conservative politics is hands off. You know, let the mm-hmm. market balance itself out. It'll go up, it'll go down. It's gonna do stuff, but eventually,
0: it'll reach some magical median point. Usually spoken by people with piles of money. They don't have those problems. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> like, let me keep as much of my money as possible, and fuck you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember I had a family member one time that said, uh, she was trying to explain to me, cause I've always, I've always, I guess, aligned more with left or leftists or progressive and, um, explain to me like, okay, so it was, it was like something like, uh, you know, do you think that you should have to share anything you have with your neighbor, right? Right. That's always like like you the worked, argument. you worked, you worked, and now your neighbor's hungry. Now, are you know, are you gonna give them food? And my answer was like, I, yeah, I probably, you know, I probably would. <laughs> yeah. Right. And she's like, you know, you would never do that. Blah, blah, blah. And I just realized at that moment that it was like, it was two completely different mindsets, and I understand that point of view. That dog eat dog world, but it, it seems to only work out that way for the people that can afford it. Mm-hmm. You know, right. until you get into a spot, um, you get into a spot where maybe you actually need some help. Mm-hmm. Or, you, know, you have worked your whole life, but now it's been taken away from like medical bills, or you lost your job, or you know, to automation or whatever it may be. But a lot of people don't understand problems that they don't have. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 if they haven't experienced it themselves. Um, it's like they have no sympathy for that issue. Yeah. You know, but if the tables have turned, if if the tables turned, I think... I think They'd be asking their neighbors for a little bit of food, yeah. too, if they were hungry. And I don't think, you know, I think it's pretty obvious that, like, just because you're a hard worker doesn't mean, like, everything's going to work out and you're going to have everything you need. hmm You know, like, right now, me personally, <clears throat> I'm working three different jobs. My rent's fairly cheap. Somebody gifted me a vehicle... You know, things have been really, have been really blessed, but it's still like struggling just to fucking get by, struggling Mm -hmm. to put good, good food on the table, not just like value meal, you know, like a dollar burger, like put something on the table that's worth putting in my body. Like that's hard to fucking do. It's expensive, you know? Definitely. And, uh, as far as like health insurance, you know, all that shit is like, it's expensive and you can't do it on a minimum wage. Right now, I'm getting paid almost double minimum wage, and it's hard. It's hard to get by, you know. And I think people are feeling that. Um, I think people are feeling that big time. And I think people that don't understand, you know, that might be a little more blessed and have more, they don't understand some of these problems yeah. that a lot of your downtown Erie is feeling, mm-hmm. you know, and not just in 2020, but have been for a long time. It was an Erie voted like, or, or statistically
2: one of the poorest? Is it cities in the country or cities, cities in, the in the state? Country? Like I think it's the 16503 zip code particularly.
1: I believe it's 16501 um, being the poorest in the country. That's not a good <laughs> No. But Erie is generally a poor city. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, go
2: ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, which depends a lot on... I mean, it's, it's not good to be a poor city, but it's also interesting because we're in like a a different kind of place because we're still pretty um urban and metropolized and our um cost of living is relatively low so what i feel like what i make here if i lived in a different place other than erie i would be struggling much much harder Mm -hmm. and not to say that it's okay to have these people that are making minimum wage or in these low zip codes with low incomes and stuff like that um but just as like a kind of a point of reference for myself mm-hmm. and for the listeners that it is like a little bit cheaper to live in Erie, but that doesn't mean that people can live off minimum wage or
0: any of these other, um, low wage type jobs. Yeah. I just don't think that argument, uh, you know, the harder the work, the harder you work, you know, your, your finances are completely based off your work ethic because there are people slaving away that they that don't, oh, yeah. don't have enough to get by. So I don't think that argument really pans out, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you don't have a lot of money. You must be a lazy person. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessarily the truth.
1: No, it never... It, it These days, it really never is. Um, you, you could say that if you're talking to your construction friends, you know. Um, but the type of labor that we have, um, the type of service that we provide each other, um, the way that we... Um, support each other financially. Um, It's not... It's not all hard labor. I don't think that people in this county particularly recognize that because everybody is so stuck on what Erie used to be. Um, as like a manufacturing town. Big industrial town. Industrial. um, As long as you put in your hours... You,
0: you'll be okay. Yeah. I think there's a world of hurt and realization to people that don't see, like what Andrew Yang was talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with his platform. Like, automation is coming.
1: Yeah. Like, it's all, right here. all
0: these jobs are going to be fucking gone. And people are like, this dude's stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, in the words of my grandma, he's an idiot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. As she turns up Fox News. I love you, grandma. But uh, it's just like, just because you're not, you know, you can't, you don't understand that, like, doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Like, I, my my son's six, I can't even imagine the world with how fast technology is moving. I can't even imagine the world he's going to be living in. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of these jobs that uh, people still have um, are going to be gone. What is it like Walmart? Now there's, you know, a couple of people standing around, but it's all, it's all automation. Uh
2: in certain places, I believe that's like, but really the direction a lot of stores are moving towards. But so
0: many things like that, and I think that uh, being ignorant to that isn't going to necessarily isn't going to necessarily help anybody.
1: Mm-hmm. It's um, not going to stop anything either. No, but it's it's <laughs> right. it,
0: it is a weird it is a weird time, and I think it was there was like a, a magnifying glass on politics over over this COVID shit because people realized that like you know things aren't always going to run smoothly mm-hmm. and at some point it matters who's in in these offices and it became very obvious and people had that extra time at home to kind of watch it all everything melted um and, and i don't i don't i think if you left that without questioning like what the fuck is really going on with with all this shit cuz it was so weird and like there was like corruption going on and you know pedophile island and yeah. all, it was just madness mm-hmm. it, and and everybody um, I felt like if, if, if COVID had more of a more t- or uh, killed more people, it was a little bit more lethal, a little more lethal, just a little bit. I feel like there have been people in the streets with pistols. I was like right completely outside. prepared for that. Like it was, it, and it was, I don't know, media driven, uh, people just anxious, mm-hmm. um, it was just a really weird time, and it was that... When did you decide you wanted to run for city council? You, you said earlier when you were younger, but the, the state of the world with how it's been the last few years had to have been like, you know, I'm definitely going to do this.
1: Yeah. Um, it The tipping point was definitely last year. Um, about spring, summer. Um, it's like, I got to do something. Yeah, like the... It, like my my interest in the way that this thing works um, that's not enough, and like I have to I have to apply my focus where like it's going to be most useful because it doesn't look like everybody in the simulation really understands they're in the simulation, <laughs> right? <laughs> like it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing and like terrifying and like motivating to see that like people are starting to recognize like how important it is to have people who you trust in leadership positions um but only because of like everything that's just been so like heartbreaking and terrible over the past year or two that we have to, we have to recognize it that way. Um, but there's a lot that we can do, um, to kind of quell that. And that's by actually just like stepping into the power that we know that we have, like being confident in the way that we, um, are in this society enough that people who have been in these leadership positions recognize that we're not kind of bending to your whim just because you have all of your networks like building up this fortress against us like you've been doing it for years but like you don't you're not adapting to our tactics right there's <laughs> you know, room
2: there there's a vacuum and whenever there's a vacuum somebody something will fill that space
1: yeah and when it's arrogant and ignorant older people and especially just ridiculous white men um, we can talk about the patriarch if you want sure <laughs> Um, there there's going to be space that's taking like that's going to be filled by your absence do you think as uh
2: being a black man running for um city council were you do you feel like there was a little bit like some judgment or some racism going on from these old heads that were in
1: these positions there's always an air of arrogance um with those people um but it's it's just funny because that kind of um persona um i mean it's well known and recognized by the majority of people and it's only been what the past year or two that people have felt like calling them boomer right <laughs> yeah you know like like it's only been the past couple years or few that people felt confident enough in themselves to show them that the way that they do things, it's not it's not a hidden like tactic. It's not like it's foolproof. Um we are ready to make the change that we need to right now. And you can you can feign innocence if you want, but like we're gonna
2: do what we have to do. It seems like it's something that's been swept under the rug, like, oh, that's that's just crazy old fucking grandpa over there, you know what I mean? And now finally people are calling people out about that shit, and mm-hmm. I think it's fucking great. I love it when I see, like, anybody in customers, like, I waited tables for a long time, and whenever I see anybody given a, uh, like, a server or a bartender, or anybody, like, a hard time in some sort of service position, I always like try to let, like if there's something that I can say to like chime in and let them know that they're not, that they're doing what's right and that this other person is in the wrong. I I really appreciate when I see other people step into that position and be like, Hey, you can't fucking treat people like this. Mm -hmm. This is not okay. You're not, um, this high and mighty person that everybody needs to bow down to because you're older because you're the customer and you're supposed to be always right. Um, and, uh, you know, whenever because you're wealthy or-, or any other thing, you know what I mean? Any other sort of in- sense of entitlement that this person may have. Um, it's just really great to see people, you know, call them out on being fucking assholes.
1: Mm-hmm. And find the ways to like take care of that problem. Um, because it-, it has been just neglected and uh, ignored and brushed under the rug for so long. Um, <clears throat> That's why I'm really I'm really proud of um, the white community um, challenging white supremacy uh, as openly and as confidently as they have, um, at least for the past few months that I've seen, like, um, and especially the younger generation online who right. really does it just they don't they don't tend to put up with any type of ignorance or anything that you know continues this cycle of entitlement or um, racism or you know arrogance that just kind of created the mess that we're in right now
2: mm-hmm. and sometimes I see like both sides of this like double headed dragon here in that It also makes people, I feel like, at times, um, be afraid to approach these kinds of talks. Like, like they would rather avoid anything that would make anybody uncomfortable instead of having these kinds of conversations. And they don't have to be somebody yelling at somebody or calling somebody out on their shit they can be like a discussion like we're having here today at this table you know what i mean Mm -hmm. we can have civil dialogue with each other to come to a resolution or to gain some sort of uh you know higher knowledge about these situations rather than just crossing them out you know what i mean like oh well we're not talking about that you crossed my line this is the way it is Mm. and uh i just would like to see more of that and I feel like it it can really be like I said like a two-sided coin you know what I mean we can have um this wokeness or this like uh you know I don't know these I don't want to call them social justice warriors fuck but that's like the only term that's really coming into my head (laughs) um that can also have these conversations that don't just immediately dismiss another person's opinion or another person's experience because whether or not that is Uh, culturally appropriate or right or wrong or whatever, that is somebody's experience and that's their life. And the only way that we're going to be able to help change those kinds of experiences and those kinds of perspectives is not by just shouting, okay, boomer, or uh, you know anything like that and Mm -hmm. actually having these discussions. But at the same time, both parties have to be open to it. You know what I mean? Both parties have to be open and receptive to hearing the other person out and coming to some sort of, you know, beneficial, mutually, uh, mutually beneficial, like, I don't know, understanding. I don't mm-hmm. have to say it's an agreement or anything. We, we can agree to disagree as much as we want about things. But as long, but we should be able to understand each other and put other people's perspectives um, a little bit more than just the self-centered, egotistical mindset that a
1: lot of people have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we have... We, I mean, we have an obligation to recognize that we're living our lives like in the context of people who we interact with. And um, just because someone's different from us, someone has a different perspective or um, seems like the opposite individual to you, um, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that they need to be dismissed from you, um, your life or your perspective completely. Like they need to be, understood for uh, the value that they have whether it's a lot of value or not a lot of value right (laughs) yeah um but i mean yeah we i think that it definitely is a double-edged sword um and like i i think that there's a lot that younger people can learn from the older generation who i mean had to live through this like had to fight these um, arrogant and like powerful people for decades um, just to live comfortably and I think that older people at that age have uh, a lot to learn from younger people about the way that they're adapting and we're all adapting to how fast change is happening and how fast change needs to happen in the future. Definitely. And uh, especially
2: with the way social media is and the internet and everything, it seems like these magic rectangles that we carry around with us really are like an unlimited source of knowledge. And it really depends on what kind of knowledge you're going to seek out. Am I going to, you know, only read things that align with my personal views and build these echo chambers or am i going Mm -hmm. to challenge myself and challenge the thoughts of others um by getting and understanding both sides of this coin here
0: yeah yeah i well you said echo chambers i i don't necessarily think the answer is just to to try to completely block out a point of view a hundred percent and just you know let's just silence this person to the grave it's almost like okay what are you what are you trying to say and then correct you know that it comes off all crazy and well, i don't know what i'm trying to say exactly i think that, the echo chamber thing to me is like i know a lot of people on social media that every single person that disagrees with them they block them mm-hmm. and then next thing you know they're living in some like little bubble they've created online and it's not a realistic version of of how the world works, and I think you need both sides and what's happening to really navigate through it and get to some rational answer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean you can't just ignore everybody that doesn't agree with you um I think if, if everybody wants to get on the same page, granted, there's a lot of pieces of shit out there. <laughs> oh yeah you know you you're, yeah. I heard a, I heard a lot of people say this on on national media like uh, about George Floyd. Nobody nobody thinks what happened to him was right, you know. Um, I heard a lot of people say that. But I also saw on local media people saying, fuck that guy, he deserved it. So, like, I'm like, obviously, there are people in this town that are online in eerie news now comments <laughs> saying, like, that motherfucker deserved it, all lives matter. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, a very ignorant, cruel point of view disgusting and it's like (laughs) of course like all lives matter but like we're focusing on black lives right now because of this incident and because of all this shit that has happened in the past you know obviously white people have had their 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 sunny moments in history you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. like why do we have to bring that up and it does just seem like a white supremacy you know, it, it does seem like no, we're holding this fucking torch, you know, everybody <laughs> right. matters. Right. I guess you matter too, but let's get it right. We all it's just like it seems like overkill uh for the situation. And 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 I in that what that showed me was there are people that are blatantly fucking I didn't realize how many people walking around were really that cruel and racist. You know? And I don't think online, you know, everybody that gets called racist or a, homo- a homophobe is necess- or homophobic is necessarily those things. I think it's like overused sometimes mm-hmm. about situations that I was like, where did that come from? But it was obvious that people were being blatantly fucking cruel and racist over the situation. And it was an eye opener uh, to the point that, like, damn, this shit is still very much an issue.
1: Yeah, a very strong one. Uh, But,
0: like, as a white guy, cruising through my 20s, hanging out with all sorts of different people, um, went to an art school, always loved, like, the the hippie music scene and playing music and doing all these things. To me, it wasn't that screaming of an issue. And until on, like, a global stage, you see this shit happen, and then you hear all these voices, and you're like, damn, this is a big issue that's, like, still there, still very relevant. Mm Um. And then you had people going out of their way to try to discredit this person, and and that he deserved it, and and it was very fucking odd, because you saw the tape. I mean, we saw that that was crazy. Yeah. And to justify that in any way is fucking really strange and unusual. And I and I guess it's like I couldn't even imagine what it was like to be in the mind of somebody who could justify that. Oh, that guy was a druggie. Mm-hmm. You know. So you know how many times I wanted to say me and this comes up every episode me and Tony are both in recovery been clean a few years now you know i've been homeless on the streets Good work. in pittsburgh a heroin addict mm-hmm. and i'm thinking like would you tell me that i deserve to get ch- murdered by the police in broad daylight in the middle of the street because Screaming i used to, for your mom because i used to do heroin or was it because you didn't like this person or you didn't like what he
1: looked like yeah there is a um such a lack of empathy um in people that is generally just not really um expected and i think that's 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 a lot of that's a lot of eerie um and the white community because over years and years black people have kind of learned to manage that um, like that disconnect uh, that lack of empathy in our lives um, while trying to create a movement that you know encompasses all of the different cultures of the black community like um have you heard of marcus garvey
0: um not familiar no
1: yeah he um basically built a community of black americans in new york um of like caribbean Mm -hmm. um as a kind of pan-african um community to unify um Black America, under one like identifier um as a way to defend themselves against the brutal ignorance of white people in the seventies in the eighties um and I think that that kind of like social aspect. Um, that kind of social response gets lost in the way that um, that kind of community can get built these days specifically just because of the way that we are all connected through our phones like we're not we we all recognize that we're all people we're all human beings but the understanding of how extreme and severe the reactions and the actions of people in like our parents' age, um, that, that kind of understanding gets lost because we see so much of this information on our phones and we go, we, 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 we see things like, you know, um, bombings in Liberia, um, you know, bombing in the Gaza Strip, um, all this intense and violent and disgusting actions um, of warfare around the world. Um, Things like, you know, the military presence in Armenia. There's all of these things that we just take in on a day-to-day basis and we don't have time to process or like discuss this with other people it's just like in and out
2: like we're all just desensitized there's a there's a psychological term called uh, oh man you just me i just lost it right now um oh well De- gradual desensitization mm-hmm. where which kind of describes what you're talking about in that like you know, all these other things that we see going on don't really seem so bad when we think about the murders that are going on in Gaza Strip and the bombings and all of these other atrocities that are happening around the world. It uh, it makes things really just like a one, one person died when this other place just had like a whole building destroyed. Mm-hmm. And that's the stuff that's on the headlines. You know, we don't see these small acts that are carried out in our local community because we're uh, indoctrinated with all of these much bigger situations that are happening around the world Mm -hmm. it makes it harder for us to i think as a human being to feel empathy for these smaller situations or to understand these smaller situations or step into them um when we're used to getting upset over things like 9-11 and like um the mass shootings that have been going on and all of these other things where 10 12 people die thousands of people die um compared to these smaller still awful situations that we see around here
1: mm-hmm.
2: makes us more difficult to step in and uh but they're still very relevant and very real especially to the people they happen to, you know what i mean everybody's feelings are valid and everybody's experience is is real to them and usually those like personal experiences are much more real to that person or to the people that are close to them than any sort of you know big uh, horrible act of violence that happens around the world and i feel like they don't get as much notoriety or as much respect um and maybe in some cases they shouldn't. Maybe those are things that we should only talk about with like our close friends and our close family. But like to those close friends and to those close family, that's very important. That's very real, and it's and it, it's not something that I think I would want broadcast about my business.
0: Were you kind of getting? I mean, I cut you off, Tony. No, go ahead. But going, I was thinking about what you said and then what you said, Tony. Were you kind of getting to a point of like? you know, like a basically powerful white nation going around just shitting all over all these different places and littler people, black and brown people. Is that kind of what you were getting at? Well, yeah,
1: because the, because, well, I was describing this uh, sense of like white supremacy and um, the, um, you know, establishment of that um identity as being uh, the most you know foundational part of like what what we consider to be normal and um what how we judge our society's progress um and like things like the ugliness and Viciousness that you see in responses on uh, social media and um, in response to, you know, what people have judged as murder. It's it's all stemming um, from this sense that there was. um, Like inferiority in certain groups of people and. You know, when. Th- those groups of people just have to um, recognize like what their, where their presence is and like the security in themselves, because that's um, it's a disheartening and terrible thing to like kind of um, converse about um, even with family people that you trust, people that you care about. But There is um, solidarity in you know speaking these things to each other and um, working through these ideas uh, that are hard for some people to you know conceptualize, Um, impossible for other people to conceptualize, and um, you know put into perspective that they understand and see. Um, But there's security in. Recognizing that our um, our communal um, sensibility, like our communal sense of empathy is like powerful. It's more powerful than ignorance that, you know, George Floyd deserved to die. Right. Quote, unquote.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Some of that stuff made me like... I had people on my Facebook that were watching the trial, and they're like, "Oh, this, the defense sucks. They don't even have a case." Blah 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 blah. I'm just like, Oh like really, dude?" And it, and a lot of times it's really disheartening when you see that from the people that you care about and or you, or you thought you knew, right? And it's like, "Damn, dude!" Like, I love you. Like, I care about you. You're a good guy. You've always treated me with respect and kindness, and we're you know what I mean. We're close, and now. I see this different part of you and, like, that doesn't, that to me, like, that doesn't make them a bad person. That makes them a misinformed person. It makes them a person that doesn't understand this situation. or so, It's somebody that I need to talk to and almost love harder. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? To try and show them that,
0: like, this kind of behavior is not fucking okay, man. It And it, and it, and it, it is... It definitely seemed like a lot of this behavior, I mean, 99% of it was coming from, like, these die-hard, like, Trump was sent from from God, from God himself to save the planet. Uh, right. And, and the lizard people. What the fuck? It was just <laughs> like, uh, say you know, it definitely seemed that whatever Trump was doing and his tactics and, and his way of doing things really amplified this voice. in people and resonated with people to where they thought they could go around saying these things Mm -hmm. and they were all right because they were on this trump tribe
2: and i i honestly i when trump originally ran for office i can understand the appeal like he's an outsider he's gonna drain the swamp and change all these things he's not part of this political machine supposedly Mm -hmm. and like to me somebody who's generally like anti-government anti-corporate anti-system anti-machine like there's definitely a bit of draw to that but i also found like that same kind of draw in bernie Sa- in like a bernie sanders type candidate mm-hmm. that i could trust a lot more
0: well there was a lot of people i think i saw some statistics that like when bernie was out they voted for trump mm-hmm. because they had this idea they they, they were like populists yeah. You know, right. like, and they're like, uh well, you know, I'm not voting for the system. I'm gonna vote for this other outsider. Um but, right. mean, but he what he was the first president in how long that didn't get two terms. I mean, like, he was fucking done. Georgia. You know, I think they're still counting the election some places, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> right, probably. <laughs> I think there's some states still Sadly. Try, trying to like we're going Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's fucking like long gone. Um, but I, I appreciate you I appreciate you, dude, and I appreciate uh what you're trying to do and the voices that you're trying to bring to this table. And I appreciate the fact that you're trying to do it from the ground up in local governor uh, or, or local government. Uh, and you're trying to make difference around you. And hopefully this difference can grow into uh, like a bigger platform in this state specifically. And then ho- hopefully around, around the country. Um, and I think that more young people like you need to be doing this, stepping up in their city to make a difference. Because sitting around bitching about it on Facebook or Twitter, you know, oh, fuck you, man, you piece of shit. You racist. I mean, that's like, you know, good for them, but it's uh, it really, to somebody to walk out the door, go down, get on the ballot, and go around trying to make a difference, that's what, what it's all about. You know, it's beyond... You know sitting on your phone justice whatever um it's like putting a plan into action and like moving forward and i really respect that
1: appreciate that thank you
0: yeah um it's it's not easy and a lot of the issues that you're talking about we've talked tonight tonight about aren't necessarily easy to talk about you know it's, it's not easy being a white dude trying to talk to a black guy about these issues because i really don't understand a lot of them you know and to sit around to sit and talk like oh i get exactly what you know it's like uh i understand that and i and just sitting in this room with you i understand that that's difficult and then i understand how that gets spread out into the world is a difficult conversation Mm -hmm. um in that how something like 2020 and how all this stuff with the race became um became evident it was obvious that like this is an awkward thing that's been put in this back room that just exploded and now it's like obvious that it's been awkward and it's obvious that it's not a squashed issue Mm -hmm. you know and that became very obvious for a lot of people um and I can see why right Um, but it's and and I can see that it needs talked about yeah It, it, it needs to be in public office and it needs to be in state office and it needs to be brought up on a national scale um and, and it, it is a real deep, intense issue that I think a lot of people are afraid to talk about.
2: So many people are afraid to get uncomfortable for a little bit and actually have these
0: types of conversations. Well, everybody's trying to fit in and they don't want to say something that like excludes them from their tribe, whether it be right or left. Um, and they, you know, or, or people are just... I don't so, want to be labeled as a racist, you know what I are, mean? just so busy. Or any of that other shit, too. People are just so busy trying to stay afloat. And, you know, on their limited wages that, like, they don't even have time to have this conversation. Right. And yep. they think it's, why are we having this? This is ridiculous. I don't got time for this shit. Um, but it's like, hey, this is important to so many people for so many reasons. And it's obvious it needs to be talked about. And here we
1: are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's this levels of magnitude to how how much stress that people can bear, like, talking about whether it's a race or finances
2: race finance gender whatever you know people are having you know that's stressing them out or making these convers that the whatever topic is
0: making these conversations difficult for people to have mm-hmm. so uh, what's going on with with the with the race in, in the campaign so this the voting already happened mhm and now you're... How long ago was this?
1: Now, that uh, was on May 18th. The voting... Um, it's been completely... The votes have been completely counted since um, probably about uh, end of May, beginning of June or so. Um, so there are four seats up for um, up for grabs at the moment. And in each party, um, because we're in a closed primary... Democratic or uh, Republican um, They have four slots That are available for um, Them to nominate people And The four top nominees for the Democrats Were Liz Allen uh, Maurice Troop Mo Troop Jasmine Flores And Chuck Nelson And Chuck actually only won by about 25 votes um, over Elspeth like my other running mate so the next on the um, ballot was Corey DeLoreto, um then myself and then Marcus Ewell and so the last three of us out of the seven or eight that were running Um, We're out of the running for now. Um, Basically, just because we don't have the nomination from the Democrats. Um, Like you said, because of the, like, common practice of just, like, going straight Democrat, just straight ticket voting. That's really why um, just having that, even though, like, the performance that we all had was much bigger than the last election. Um, You know, that kind of culture of voting is just kind of what keeps us from, like, doing anything further to make it, like, effective. So are you saying that you officially out of the race? Yeah. For this election, yeah.
0: Um, I'm assuming assuming it's something you plan on
1: trying again. Yeah. I... Uh, I am not going to confirm anything about that right now. You're like I'm like fucking this. running for mayor. dog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> county executive. Here we You're go. You're hearing it first
2: <laughs> <laughs> on our podcast. <laughs> Six or five. Oh
1: uh, man, no. I I just I have so much on my mind right now. Like I've been telling everybody, um, I'm not I'm not going to commit to anything right now. Um, yeah, but. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that I'm doing like on my own. And when I was doing interviews with people and um, talking to people throughout the campaign cycle, everybody was telling me, oh, don't worry if you didn't win. Don't worry if you lose. You, there's so many opportunities that come up for you. And I'm like, yeah, I, I get that. I know. Yeah. And um, it, it was actually just like really amazing how many opportunities people just like came to me with um i got this job at um erie food co-op which is whole foods co-op which is the co-op yeah yeah <laughs> i love the co-op. um about like june about a month ago um and i'm helping with the uh, Second store that's opening downtown. So that's a very, I'm, I'm very grateful for that opportunity to come up um, because Leanna reached out to me to get some input as I was running on um, how we could make sure like this um, second store launch is actually uh, successful and like, beneficial for the people in the area. Do
0: you know where that's gonna be?
1: Downtown. Yeah. Um, like like where at downtown? Fifth and State in the building that the EDDC owns. Like where Coconut Joe's and all the other buildings. Right. Resolution, I believe they're going to change that entire um, face to um, the co-op. Cool. That's that's awesome. Luminary Distillery and Gordon's Meat Market. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm.
0: That's good for them. uh, That's important because when I lived downtown, um, this is the farthest up I've ever lived. I live here with, Mm -hmm. with Tony. And this is the farthest up I've ever lived. I lived on, like, 4th and French. Um, I lived over on 6th and Liberty. I lived all these different places downtown, probably four or five places. Mm-hmm. Um, within walking distance, there was, like, that little Oasis market downtown for a while. Right. Which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's gone, right? Yeah, yeah. it's gone. Um, there was no place to get, like, some quality food. Right. Um, there was, like, places to get TV dinners and fucking energy drinks and cigarettes. Mm-hmm but there was like no place where I could, I could go get like an
1: organic orange or like something, some vegetables or vegetables.
0: That's huge.
1: Yeah, it it really is. Um, that place, that entire downtown area, um, designated as a food desert. Mm -hmm. So anybody within a mile, um, can't get fresh food within the area. Um,
0: yeah, you just get nothing but trash. And sadly, that's what a lot of times... You hungry at two, three in the... Morning, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm going over to wherever. Yeah. And I used to go to DeLuca's a lot. And, you know, living yeah. off chips and, you know, gas station hoagies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But that would have been amazing at that point to be like, you know, I'm going to go over to Whole Foods. And- I, th- I feel like that improves so many people's lives, too. Like, not
2: having... Like, if people... You know, are struggling with transportation and riding the bus. They don't have to take an extra trip or fifteen half out. Like, mean yep. sometimes an hour out of their way just to get groceries or to go to a supermarket. Um, if they live downtown, work downtown, and are looking for like actually want to make a meal or something outside of yeah, what you can ass. find at a gas station.
1: Yeah. What is your What will your role be in this? Um. Well, I was hired by the co-op um, as a marketing specialist. Cool. So. Uh, I'm gonna be helping to, you know, promote the co-op, um, to promote the um, business and organization. Make sure that people know, um, like, we're doing this to provide like a necessary service for downtown and Bayfront area. And they
0: they um, they accept access, right?
1: They do. Yeah.
0: That's that's cool too because I mean, realistically, the co-op can be pretty expensive.
1: Yeah, it can. Um,
0: but, but, I mean, I guess that's the nature of factory farming and all this shit. Like, Versus, If uh, you want really quality and you can trust the food you're eating not to be full of shit.
1: Not um, to be it, full of the preservatives. It's, and...
0: it's expensive to do that and to produce it. Um, so I know that's a much bigger problem than the co-op. And but, I mean, that's really cool that they, they'll accept uh, food stamps because otherwise some people might not be able to afford that.
1: I mean, the matter that I see... Um that the co-op can help with is, you know, the, the more people that, um, have equity in that organization, um, the better they'll be able to afford that kind of, um, health investment really. Yeah. Right. Um, it's, it's hard to, like spend your money on what's like not enough for you at the time. Um, people can buy huge quantities of food from Walmart if they just take the best, take the bus, um, for an extra half hour, hour or something like that. Um, but the toll that they're taking on their bodies, um, is pretty significant too. And, um, the, not only that, but the things that they're supporting because no matter what, we vote with our dollar. Um, the things that they're supporting by not providing for like their immediate area is just... Um, it's kind of just like siphoning away from like what kind of benefits we actually deserve here. Right. And um, being a part of that co-op is a way that we are able to you know build power um for our um county for our immediate area um in place of you know spending our money at walmart um getting like 10 pounds of onions mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's so you me- know be me- a little bit can be a little bit more like um frugal or conservative and by um, a couple onions like three onions for I think a lot of people pay months. for the
2: convenience too of it being downtown
1: and not having to take that that's act. a huge part of it I had a discussion um with one of my Facebook friends his name is Marshall Blount um I'm familiar with Marshall. yeah asexual activist um we were having a discussion about the downtown store he said yeah. he'll definitely frequent um once it's actually established, but the whole process of getting it is, you know, messy, of yeah. course. But so is this a hundred percent or are they trying? Well the the benefit that this store has, um like every everybody recognizes like how important this is for the community. I think that's huge. So for sure the we don't feel like we're going to have any problems finding people who are going to invest in it because it's going to be a success it's, like, mm-hmm. it's but, like feeding a hungry dog
2: oh how do you learn from the failures of oasis in this new situation
0: granted i think, I went to I think whole foods has a lot more to offer I think. I
2: think like my issue with when i whenever i would go into oasis it seemed like it was a lot of empty space and there was not very much product really there.
0: Mm-hmm. scarce and uh you know, I'm sure they didn't have a huge overhead budget or, or the clientele to just load up. So Mm -hmm. they get a couple, you know, four or five bins of blueberries, a couple loaves of bread. And a lot of times there was stuff that like I
2: would need that I would find at the co-op, like almost any day that I would go up to the co-op on uh, 26th street that I would not, that I would have a hard time finding at, uh, Oasis when I
0: would walk in there to Mm -hmm. right there on fifth and state, if you had right in that area, if you had like a, the one on 26, like that, you know, a nice, abundant. Yeah, good selection. That's really, really badass. I didn't even know that was even being talked about. Mm -hmm. So this is all news to me.
1: It's um, the lease agreement was signed in March. Um, Our board of directors um, approved for our GM, Leanna Naratko, to sign that lease agreement. And so the development for the whole... um, fundraising campaign and um marketing for it has been i mean it's been it's been building since then i mean at the same time you mentioned our name is whole foods but it's not anymore we changed it (laughs) erie food co-op now um thankfully
0: so it was a part of whole foods the national chain before no it was always just the co-op I Mm, always, but that was like something that was confusing people, so they dropped it. Yeah.
1: Or, or, yes, that's exactly why. That's exactly why. Well, I guess Um, it, it should have happened a long time ago. Um, a lot of people have been saying that, but, um, yeah, the whole confusion with being whole foods, being referred to as whole foods for so long, with whole foods market coming up over the past few years. Is there a
0: Whole Foods market in, in Erie? No, no there is no
1: Whole Foods market. There's only uh, Whole Foods Co-op.
0: Yeah, yeah, but where that is The Amazon one is the one you're referring to, right? Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't one. know. I mean, I guess right. um, there's a national chain yeah. called Whole Foods, right? Yeah, but yes, it's owned not- by Amazon. There's
2: not one in Erie. This is... The Erie Co-op, if, I'm under- if I-, I understand it right, is its own private co-op which is actually really cool because uh you know local people own like parts of it and you guys do have a board a private board of directors they own all of it
1: yeah the the people the people the member owners um and people who buy into membership there god it's a socialist grocery store man sure is (laughs) 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 yeah socialist. lots of people going hungry from it too yeah um
0: that's awesome yeah well because i guess that does clear some things up because there's um When I found out, because I've known about the whole uh, co-op long before I heard of this national chain. Mm -hmm. And then I remember thinking, oh, I wonder if that's part of that national chain. But then I didn't think it was. So it was kind of confusing. Yeah, and Um,
1: that's a very common idea for a lot of people. I'm 100% positive.
0: So that's that's a good idea. Yeah,
1: I'm glad that it changed. And I think that along with opening up this new store, the whole identity of this place has been changing um it's been i've been really grateful to see it all happen because like i recognize how how much everybody wants to make the right decisions and um like do what they can to support the community like being the kind of organization that it is um to you know establish uh strong relationship with the people um and not just investors um not just the people who go to their store but like the people who are already there who whose neighborhood they're building into like provide for them um do what we can to support those people however they can like the people in richford arms doing what we can to um, give, give them healthy food
0: I'm so dude I'm I like s- I'm so I'm thinking about it not to cut you off Tony but I'm just so stoked that like that fucking McDonald's is gone
1: yeah. and there's <laughs> gonna be
0: something like this because like dude pumping people full of like Coca-Cola and Big Macs is just like has done so much damage and I think people are really starting to notice it now mm-hmm. you know like with obesity through the roof and diabetes and heart all dude it is so bad and I think everybody has known for a long time that this kind of shit is so bad but I think it's like really becoming obvious but I'm just so glad that that fucking McDonald's is gone and instead of spending a dollar you know on a on a McDouble somebody can walk over there and get like a really nice piece of fruit Mm -hmm. or something like that that's fucking that's really cool
2: yeah it's it's exciting stuff You mentioned Richford Arms across the street, which has been on my mind lately um, because they have this big new development, the EDDC and the Food Mart and all of that stuff. And they're putting in these high-end studios and apartments and stuff across the street. Mm -hmm. And then Richford Arms, which is primarily low-income, subsidized housing right there, Mm -hmm. which seems... Uh, like a different dynamic, you know what I mean? It's a a different dynamic, you know. We have like high high end muckety mucks, and then we have low income subsidized housing across the street. Is that right across
0: the street from Ember and Forge?
2: It's like on the same side of the street as Ember and Forge. It's like up a block. Um, but you know
1: where Jimmy Jones is? Yeah, Mm -hmm. Right right there in that building.
0: I always thought that that was some sort of, like, uh, nursing home type place.
1: Uh, Not nursing home, but... A lot uh, of disabled people do live there. Or, like, senior citizens live
0: there. People on
1: fixed incomes, stuff like that. I don't know if it's assisted living, but it's definitely people on fixed incomes. uh, Right. And a lot of disabled people. And
2: in my past, in my, like, like, world experience, which isn't a whole lot, normally you aren't putting your um high-end living stuff next to the low-income subsidized housing which makes me very concerned for the people that are living there
0: like like they're gonna buy that up and like like they'll buy
2: that that up or they'll move them out because the people that are across the street are gonna be pissed or Mm -hmm. they're gonna eventually try to you know regentrify that area and kind of make it like most other metropolitan cities where the housing downtown is you know very expensive and very high-end and very uh <clears throat> you know just for a uh, higher level income people mm-hmm. um so that's been like i've been thinking about like what are they going to do with that um across the street and hopefully they don't do anything to it hopefully it's pe- like
0: hey you got to coexist
1: yeah, yeah you have no choice right you, you you have to accept that these people are here and maybe,
0: <laughs> maybe bringing that in will – I've noticed all of that because right across – I still work at Ember and Forge. Um, and there is a building right right over there to the left mm-hmm. um, that's like all fixed up now and, and, and all redone. And I don't really know exactly what's going on over there either. But hopefully that uh, they come in and it fixes up that block. Right. And perhaps, maybe... Perhaps for the people that live there. It's yeah, just a exactly. nicer.
2: Hopefully those people that live there, you know, get a little increase in their living status, especially a lot, considering that a lot of them are disabled and have, uh, I don't know that they have... Trans- I'm making some assumptions here, assuming that they have transportation difficulties and stuff like that. But now they have this market right across the street and some other That's cool. new places that will probably be looking for part-time workers if they're able to do that or, uh, you know, kind
0: of just upgrade that whole area mm-hmm. i think that solaris reminded me that i got to go to the co-op tomorrow and get some groceries so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> there you go dude i swear like i i love avocados i usually uh i usually have like one every day i try to um and they have by far the best avocados <laughs> the ones from tops I, i'm sorry tops and i appreciate what you're doing but your avocados they I like, suck <laughs> i always get my eggs from
2: the co-op yeah my farm brush eggs from wherever farms around here that i get them from
1: Oh, shameless you. plug we're getting a <laughs> pot of gold dairy milk um, um, you know people come into the co-op all the time looking for raw milk um we have a special secret milk.
2: spot for fucking our raw milk that we drink in this house do you get that from oh yeah the- no i don't get it from the co-op i don't know if i'm even allowed to say it because i feel like it's not <laughs> Is raw
0: milk technically illegal
1: no, 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 no. It's not technically... We easily. thought we if were it getting were, like, like... We I'm pretty, are in deep doo-doo. I think, <laughs> there's like
2: no nutritional facts on this milk. There's no anything. It just says God country <laughs> God's country It's God's country milk. Yeah, and It's fucking good. and It's, it's thick delicious. and creamy. Yeah. You have to shake it before you drink it. And uh, it's amazing. And I was reading up on it. And I know like some places, raw, like it depends on how raw the milk is. I guess whether or not it's legal. And... I'm this is because quest- it's not, like, oh, yeah, exactly. God's country, man. It's is God's it because it's milk.
0: not been, uh, like FDA approved or whatever? I
2: have no idea. I mean, it has no nutritional facts on this shit or anything. It just says God's country, dude. You
1: just got to have faith, right? You just got to have some faith. <laughs> well, yeah, this so cup's gonna your, set you right. So, right.
0: what was your plug? A pot a of me. gold
1: milk, pot of gold dairy. Yeah, uh, milk's coming in uh, next week. Is and pot, people, a, pot of gold, P O T O?
0: Yeah, I've seen that. Maybe I saw that at Oasis Market. Mm. They had like a chocolate is that yeah.
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. The um jar is like kind of rectangular. It has like a handle here, but um Is that coming from some like state farm or? Coming from Cambridge Springs. Oh okay. cool, okay.
2: Yeah, okay. That's
0: great. I knew it was like a local thing. That's badass. Mm-hmm. I don't know where God's country
2: is from, dude. It doesn't have anything. When's it coming in? <laughs> it's from <laughs> <laughs> it's from everywhere. God's country, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: coming. Um it should be coming in next week. That's Ooh. awesome. Now I got a new um, place to get some raw milk. Maybe, maybe, uh, spot, uh, on shelves on Friday. Sweet. Yeah. Oh.
0: I always get my soap at the co op too because I like, I like nice, you know, you, you real, like, we've talked a lot about politics and we're talking about food and a little bit about factory farming, all this shit. But, like, dude, there has been some very obvious downsides to capitalism. And, and and a lot to do with like the food that we eat, the products that we use. You know, you basically got like Coke and you got Pepsi and then you've got like pretty much everything that everybody buys trickling down from those two companies. Mm-hmm. So whether you're buying Colgate or you're buying Crest, it's like it's crazy to see that it's all going to these a couple Big companies. Yeah. Um, and they don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck about there's you know, you look at your and I feel bad because right now in the shower I got old spice. But you look at their fucking list of ingredients and it's like Nine hundred chemicals, and like probably several of them are toxic. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's like it smells good. It's got like a sexy lady on it. They got it at Walmart. Right, really and clever, funny ad. And it's just like, you know, I'm all about the American dream, and I'm all about people making their own money and uh, having a chance of success. And I think there are some positive sides to capitalism, but I think there are some very obvious. Downfalls when it's all about the dollar, all about the dollar, and you forget about the people. Yeah, and a lot of like what we were talking about tonight, um, and I think you see a lot of that in the products that we buy. You know, they're cheap, they're convenient. This company can afford it, um, but like, does that company really give a fuck? Like, if we're putting, you know, garbage into our bodies? Yeah, you know, like even down to the soap. That I mean, that's Co-op carries a lot of like soap from like local makers or like maybe. Or wherever they get it, but it's like you can tell it's like a quality product that's got quality ingredients in it right um, and I think that's you know back again, I think that's really fucking sweet that that's gonna be an option for people downtown that might not have another option where mm-hmm. they might have been getting their soap or or their their snacks from the family dollar or whatever you know that's really cool, absolutely full circle, man, full circle, just bringing it back around, I get real passionate about my soaps. Yeah, you haven't yeah, you haven't buddy. made any in a while. He's got like a whole kit it's downstairs. Beard conditioner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's just. I think it is a product of capitalism, though. Like we're, we're it's so. Con- everybody wants something so convenient and so cheap, and mm-hmm. every company's trying to hit their bottom line. And, and at the end of the day, the consumer is suffering. You know, you don't know the long term effects from a lot of this stuff, or or they do, and maybe they're being suppressed or whatever. But um, I think. I love that like free range meat, non-gmo, non-steroid, all this stuff people are starting to pay attention mm-hmm. um, and I'm hoping that it's more of a norm than like a lot of this bullshit that people are putting into their bodies and it's a lot better for the animals too, yeah you know because it, it is it is that factory farming shit is like so dark man it is like it's evil and it's all about it's all about making that money. Mm -hmm. And you know, making this chicken as fat as it can get, it can't even walk. It's fucked up, right? It's in Mm -hmm. this little. It's like as fat as its whole cage with like no room to move. No, and there's like fucking feathers popping up the cage. It's like fucked up, dude. Yeah, and it's because like we gotta get those chickens out of KFC and feed this poor neighborhood. You know, it's like goddamn, dude. It's fucking maddening, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people aren't talking about it. I think COVID uh, it's more a part of the conversation now like what I was just saying than than it ever was before. And I think people like the co-op uh and what, what you're talking about is is moving in the right direction. And I, that and that's I am passionate about this shit.
2: Right. And I think COVID not as much as I would have liked to have seen but I think a lot of people are paying more attention because they're realizing that the best defense against um a lot of different health problems is actually like doing something healthy that For your body, whether it's fighting off the coronavirus or heart disease or anything else, people are starting to pay attention to the health, their own personal health. And I think that really should have been pushed like a lot more Mm -hmm. throughout this whole thing is like, well, maybe we need to start jogging more, start doing stop eating so much McDonald's. And I think people are doing that on a micro level. But I think that doing like a campaign or something like that on a macro level could have been super effective. Mm-hmm. But completely fear-driven, probably, which isn't like the exactly the right motivation tool. But
0: I'm convinced all that stuff is poison. man. yeah, it's poison. The the, the McDonald's and oh yeah, and the people that eat it every single day, and it's like addictive. You know, mm-hmm. um, it is. Too. And I've been one of those guys that's been, you know, strung out on heroin, and and when you do get a meal, it's like a. a you know, double quarter pounder and a brownie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, I can't believe <laughs> Coke. I can't believe I'm alive with cocaine or Coca-Cola. Both. Yeah. either. <laughs> way. <laughs> that way you're not hungry after you're done. But like, and I think that, uh, living that extreme for so long, like at these days, it's like, you know what? 30s. I want to live long. And, you know, i got to do everything I can to make up for it. Right. Um, and, and but that stuff's got to be available. Right. You know, it's got to be available. Uh, and it's got to be realistic for people. Right. Um, and it is convenient to go. Now that I'm driving, it is convenient to go out to Walmart and, and spend my money there. But then you like I'm not happy spending my money there. Right. You know? Sometimes I feel like that it's disappointing when I have
2: to buy something from Walmart because I don't have like a mom and pop shop around here to buy. Like if I needed a new – like the one thing that sticks out to my mind that I recently experienced was like a bath mat. Mm-hmm. Like what corporation – do I want to support in this situation? Because I can't buy a bath mat from any, there's no local shop where I can buy like home stuff, really. At least not that I can think of or that I'm aware of anyway. So I guess I'm, do I want to support Walmart or do I want to support Amazon? Um, mm-hmm. Which is a bummer because I don't want to fucking support either, but I need a bath mat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the, the We can kind of get to wrapping this up here. Um, but the model that, the co-op has is interesting. Um, it is this a popular... I don't really know anybody else that has a model like that where, like, you know, everybody owns a piece. Is that...
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the cooperative model isn't just specifically for food. Um, it's just generally a business model um, for any kind of industry. Like, there are Dairy co-ops farmers for... Of America. Yeah, there are co-ops for energy, energy suppliers um, in the center, like in the center of the state or like in smaller rural areas. Um, It's just just a business structure that the community all has a stake in.
0: I'd love to see more of that. For sure. It would be great. I definitely would, too. And I I I think, think and I think like,
1: go ahead no I, I think that it's like a very it's a useful tool to just recognize like how important it is to have democracy um, as a an integral part of you know our daily lives right. um, not just in the way that we see national politics um, but still in the way that we decide what kind of food we're eating um, in the way that we judge what we put inside our bodies or on our bodies yeah, like it's no right now we are in the kind of political climate where we are losing the value of our votes um, for national power but money talks to them so we have to recognize that in order for us to like equalize things we have to use the power of that like democratic structure to keep better control of how money is like distributed, um, how, how services and industries are, uh, kept afloat. I think that's a very powerful, powerful tool that we can use.
0: And and, yeah, for sure. And one of the, one of the things that always annoyed me was like, people are so concerned with anything for the people money wise, um, because they don't want, like, any extra taken from them. Mm-hmm. But, like, what about all the money they've already paid that's going to this fucking bullshit? Like, you know what I mean? Like, all these people are so concerned where their tax dollars are coming. But it's like, who's really getting a printout? Like, oh, I just, you know, I paid $700 in taxes. 200 went to this road. 300 went to New Lights over here. Or, you know, 150 went <laughs> to blowing up a small village in Africa. Right. You know, it's like, well, what if we put that 150 into, like, child care? Right. Mm-hmm. Where your child could go to school. So it's like, you know, they're always, they're so puffed up about, I'm all tax dollars. But it's like, dude, do you realize that, you know, how many went to, like, black ops military programs with the big question mark on it? You know, like, maybe find a way to make sure that the money's getting to play. And I think that's a lot what, like, Bernie was talking about. He's like, hey, your taxpayer dollars are going to all this fucking crazy shit. Maybe let's aim it to a community college, free community college, which mm-hmm. I think are, like, great ideas. Um, but, like, everybody's so concerned that, uh, you know, they're going to give my money to the guy down the road that doesn't want to get a job. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, like, it's very strange. And I think everybody's perspective is – I think sometimes everybody's perspective is so skewed one way or another that there's just, like, no getting through. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? And I think – like we were kind of saying earlier like well some of these people are going to die off at some point there's going to be a new there'll be a vacuum there'll yeah. be, there'll be uh, some new voices and I think that on space a space po- that needs to be filled right on a positive note uh, people like you um, there's a lot of voices like that that are coming up and I think that although there's lots of folks out there very scared of the change and the progression um, that at the end of the day it is going in a, in a good direction mm-hmm. you know
1: yeah I find a lot of hope in that, definitely. These kids give me hope. Hell yeah.
0: (laughs) Do it for the kids, man. Do it for the kids. Uh, We want to thank you. Absolutely. Very much. We're very grateful that you joined us for tonight. Um, Who is your uh, running mate that's still in the race that we should vote for?
1: Jasmine Flores. Hell yeah, Jasmine. Can we still vote for her? Yep, vote for her in a general election. In the general election. Mm -hmm. Primaries are over.
0: Um, She almost did the podcast when me and Luke were running it. Oh, we should, um, you should we should reach out to her, get her out here. She, I remember, she got real serious and, was like, wanted specific uh, dynamics of what we would be talking about. And I think, for me, I was, like, a little, I was like, oh, my God. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: And then it just didn't pan out. But maybe. Yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. Maybe we can come up with something. Uh, if not, still vote for her, guys. Even plus, plus, she was probably feeling it out. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, know, she wanted to know what she was getting into, you know, a bunch of jabronis telling dick jokes or something (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) right well again thank you so much it's been a pleasure kendra appreciate
2: you guys good luck in all future endeavors thank you swimmer fly
0: lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess Uh aha in my dentist's office